This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. I want to talk to you about bearing witness, being the witness. Now, there's many things you can witness. You can witness a document. You can witness a car accident. You can witness someone's activities. Above observation, witness, meaning you see it in proper perspective and you report it in proper perspective. Well, the most significant issue here is that you witness your life. We're so wrapped up in doing it, shall we say, that we're not actually noticing what we're doing. Now, recently, I've discussed the concept how people are not really realizing and witnessing the fact that they eat animals and that there's a massive global industry based on violence that slaughters five or six or seven species that we've identified as food as opposed to the other many, 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 many species that we identify as natural or pets. And the people aren't witnessing that they're putting meat, dead animals, in their mouths. They're not seeing it. So what we're talking about here is coming out of the participation concept and stepping back just that little bit and noticing the value, the quality, and the implications of what we do with our free will. Now, there's no uh, debate that we have free will. But how are you using it? Well, however I want, you say. But what is the ramifications? What is the resultant action that you cause? This is where we fall down. Again, back to our example, people aren't noticing that there is a massive slaughterhouse thing. Billions of animals die each week to feed the people. Instead of the people using their hands to sow seed, feed themselves, others, and the animals, and stop force breeding them. They aren't looking at this. They aren't looking at the contamination of the consciousness by this violence and the composition and content of meat nowadays. Well, similarly, what are you doing with your time? Where is your attention going? I've looked at this subject before. You're sitting here listening to me, but where's your hands? What are you doing with your feet? What are you sitting on? What are you thinking about? What are you doing just five minutes ago? Are you just going through it? and following along the mind and the senses as they drag you from point to point and thing to thing and object to object and desire to desire? Or are you consciously in control of it and driving it like you may be? You may be listening to me in your car. You're listening 
but you're also consciously driving your car. I'm going to this particular location. I'm so far away. I got so much time. Got to get there. Be safe. Watch for children. Whatever it might be. But you drive the car to achieve the location that you have for your afternoon. Well, are you driving your life consciously? Most people are not. They're simply being dragged around by desires and distractions and their senses. Here's something you look. See something you consider. Sometimes it's desire. This is what advertising is. Oh, look at this chocolate bar. Oh, look at this chocolate cake. Oh, look at this chocolate mousse. Oh, look at all this chocolate, chocolate. And suddenly you want chocolate. This is being drug around. You're being pulled by the mind and senses. And this is what advertising does. They go, oh, we can convince people to buy your product, sir. We'll make this advertisement and everybody will suddenly have the urge to have chocolate and we'll sell lots of product for you. And it works. Why does it work? Because the people aren't consciously witnessing their life. They're just being drug along through it. It's like a, the sitting in a chariot and the horses are just runaway. You don't have reins. You're just in the chariot. And it's dragging you through, well, wherever, wherever, how fast, how slow, what? This is not human form of life. This is not human standard level of life. The human level of life, you are consciously witnessing your life and your predicaments and making informed decisions of what to do and what not to do. That is proper witness and proper driving of your life. This is the level where your intelligence is driving. And it's driving the mind and the senses and the desires to your best self-interest. This idea of just following along with whatever interrupts you or distracts you, it's not to your best self-interest. Sometimes yes, but rarely. More than nothing, it wastes your lifespan. You put your attention on something that has nothing to do with your life. And this is the problem. We have a limited life duration. We have a limited energy capacity. We have a limited level of understanding and rationalization. We have limitations. Well, are you aware of that and driving your life with your intelligence? Or are you letting desires, distractions, your senses and mind drag you through your life? Sometimes, oh, you hit a bump, pothole, ravine, crevice, who knows? Sometimes flying through the air, whee! But it's not consistent. Sometimes your life is up. Sometimes your life is down. Sometimes you're you know, optimistic. Sometimes you're paranoid. But if you run your life by your intelligence, this is not good. Don't go there. This is unimportant. Carry on on the path you're on. Set goals. Achieve those goals. This is the intelligence talking. The mind doesn't set goals. The mind is distracted instantly. Constantly, hundred times a minute, if, it, if you want. The speed of the mind is extremely fast. Then you can push your mind from one point, one thought to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, as fast as you can say it, think it. Your mind jumps. 
but it's not necessarily good for you. You can stand there and witness someone else's life, but all they're doing is washing their car. What does it matter to you if they miss a spot? What does it matter to you if it looks great or it looks terrible? What does it matter? It doesn't. But you'll sit there and watch this person wash their car. No motivation, no direction, no goals of your own. So you fall under the influence of other people and the person washing the car doesn't even know you're watching. They're not doing anything to do with that car for you. It isn't your car. You don't have any purchase. You don't have any result in this observation. You're just watching something that is a physical act, has no significant bearing on your life or anybody's life. So this is what is required. If you want to make use of your human form of life, if you want to be above the animal conception of life, selfishness, desires, uncontrolled, drug around and distracted all the time, that's animal life. The Vedic literature says animal life is for animals. The human form of life is a special gift because you have an advanced intelligence that you can run your life. The animals can't do it. They are simply caught with the mind and senses. Their intelligence, uh, they know, you know, they'll run, oh, big gunshot in the distance, all the animals run. They know, oh, it's just intelligence takes over. Fear, run, get out of the way, hide, whatever. So they have a limited intelligence and you have an advanced intelligence, but you're not using it. There are people that go to the grave and their intelligence has been hardly exercised their whole life. They're simply being drugged around by their mind and senses. This is the misuse of the human form of life. The Vedic literature says, if you do not use the opportunity in the human form of life with advanced intelligence and hands, if you do not use them specifically for the purposes they're intended, you take a lower birth. Your next life, you don't get a human form because you had one and you misused it. You neglected it. You're supposed to be responsible in the human form of life to use your gift of intelligence and the gift of hands to make a solution, make a conclusion to the cycle of birth and death. You're supposed to be able to control the lower self with the higher self. The higher self is you, the conscious, eternal, living entity energizing this body. Body, mind, intelligence, ego, all is energized by you, the eternal, living entity. And the intelligence is your tool. And the subordinate tools, the lower self, is the mind and the senses of the body. So, the Vedic literature is saying, use your advanced opportunities in good intelligence, good hands, to be able to do, create, protect, achieve, understand, and advance through the human form of life in a straight line. Not sometimes advantage, sometimes disadvantage. No, always advantage. 
You're always progressive, always learning, always growing, always doing good, always improving yourself and helping others to improve themselves. You're focusing, you're learning, you're practicing yoga. The focus of the mind and intelligence on the higher purposes. You come out of selfishness and you rest peacefully in selflessness. A higher concept, the higher self. This is the responsibility of those in the human form of life. The Vedic literature spends significant time in advising you what is the activities of a higher being. How do we identify a higher being when we see one? How do we know one? Identify. What is the habits? What is the characteristics? What is the actions of a higher being, an actual intelligent human? It certainly isn't fighting. It certainly isn't uh, killing. It certainly isn't destroying. That's not higher. We know that. There are, there are millions and millions of people on the planet that they start with fault finding and they end up with anger and they end up fur go further into killing and destroying to destroy even the whole planet if they can. This is a clue to you to avoid fault finding. The Vedic literature says for one to be advanced in spiritual life, he has to be averse to fault finding. No, not going to find fault. Many people think that fault finding is a sign of intelligence. And it's exactly the opposite. Fault finding is a sign of low intelligence. Because fault finding does not improve anything. And what you see and what you become aware of in your fault-finding activities doesn't change anything. But if you set goals and you drive your life, assets, resources, opportunities to achieve goals, to achieve step by step by step, working out of the illusions of life, working out of the desires, working out of the selfishness, all of these things, working higher and higher and higher to understand things in proper perspective, become a conscious being, focus your consciousness, become selfless, render service to humanity, render service to God. Then you're on the path. And there's so many intermediate goals you can set along that path that brings you up to a higher state of consciousness where you see things in proper perspective. And really isn't everybody desiring to see things in proper perspective? How many times in your life do you go, I don't get it. I don't, get, what's going on? I don't understand. What am I supposed to do? Why do I have to make this decision? What is happening? What just happened? What is important here? I see I'm in this situation. Well, what is important versus what is not? It's because you don't see in proper perspective. Yet once you have a shift in your consciousness and your perspective, you see correctly, you're able to solve that so-called problem in a moment. So the human form of life is the opportunity to solve all of the problems that affect you, that come upon you in life such that you are free from the anxieties, free from fear, free from illusion. This is the human level. The Vedic literature describes that uh, animals and humans all eat, sleep, mate, and defend. But above that, the humans can understand God and render service and deliver piety, purity, spiritual consciousness to humanity.
The animals cannot. The human can set goals, higher goals to achieve and purify himself and reach into a higher platform where he's of benefit to anyone who meets him. The animals cannot. They can not upset your apple cart, but they can't really do any good for you, do anything for you. They can be obedient, but they can't perceive, oh, this is what you want and outthink you and be ahead of you and sort it out, etc. But the intelligent human being, he can understand the selfless category. He can understand what is right and what is wrong. He can understand how to advance his consciousness, how to become selfless, how to become a servant of the purified souls, how to become a servant of God, how to lift himself to the platform of uninterrupted, unself-motivated devotional service to the Lord. The animals cannot. So you have to witness what you're doing and see what is actually beneficial and what is simply a waste of time because I was distracted. You could go through a days, weeks, months and just be on a platform of distraction. Years. You're not actually working on your life, your consciousness, your realization, your understanding everything in proper perspective. That's the responsibility of the human form of life. The human form of life is not to enjoy like television teaches you. This is nonsense. This is dangerous. If you come to the platform where you believe that the goal of life is to enjoy, you will waste your entire life and lose the opportunity to be a human in another life. The human form of life is a great achievement. It is the highest species on the planet. You can see that. That doesn't take a lot of intelligence. But to get to a human form of life and then become a fault finder pointing out all the problems there are with nature or with this machine or with these people or with the words or with news or with your attitude or what you said or where you're going or what color it is or the rain or the weather or... This is totally a waste of time. And we have a society that is proud of its ability to find fault. And everybody's doing it. Trying to show up the next guy. I see there's four or five things wrong with you here, mister. Oh, wait a minute. I see three more things. There's eight things wrong with this person. And they take turns pointing them out. And in the meantime, their life goes down the toilet. They're not taking care of their responsibilities, their relationships, their possessions, their advancement, their contribution. They're simply standing there finding fault, pointing, laughing, jeering, hassling people. And this fault finding is an epidemic. And they cover it up with the goal of life is to enjoy. And I enjoy finding fault. This is a disaster. These people will not be humans in their next life. The Vedic literature says you can advance from species to species to species. And you can also degrade back down the ladder. Go become a tree. You want to be naked all the time? Go become a tree and stand in the forest for a thousand years, naked. So there's so many unknown laws. There's so many activities that need to be witnessed as opposed to participated in. 
you can witness yourself making decisions on what's going on. This is when you're using your intelligence to watch your mind and its activities and decisions and not allow it to be drug away by other people or drug away by your own senses or drug away by irrelevant desires to enjoy. So this is a platform that you need to come to as soon as possible. This is prescribed in the Vedic literature. It is uh, um, encouraged by the spiritual master. It is supported by any purified, spiritually orientated person. Stop your fault finding. Plan for your life. Organize yourself. Witness what you're doing and witness the attached result. You can go around harassing people and finding fault and belittling people and harming and hitting and, and anger and pain and all this if you want. But you can see the result is all that negativity comes back on you. And similarly, you can go the other way. You can do good. You can care. You can help. You can protect. You can support. You can do all the positive side of things. Oh, good things come back on me now. Huh. How about that? And the Vedic literature says, this is preliminary. You have to at least do that. At least drive your mind and senses with your intelligence if you just hope to advance your life at this preliminary level. But the spiritual level takes over when you understand you're an eternal servant of God and you're driving this body, mind, intelligence, etc. to achieve something in God's plan. And you have a role. You have a duty. You are important in God's plan. Every single living entity is unique. And the Lord wants a unique relationship with all of them. He is so great, so vast, so unlimited. He wants an unlimited number of servants that are all unique. So we can have that loving exchange. He can reward you. He can receive your service. Everything is a beneficial in both directions. It's so positive, so encouraging. He wishes that. He wants that. So every living entity has a role in the service of God. And if you haven't found yours, well, what are you doing? You're watching the neighbor wash their car. Oh, my goodness. You replace the most valuable opportunity that you have. An eternal occupation revival and for washing, watching someone wash their car. This is what we say. It's a tragedy. A wonderful thing gets away for a stupid thing to be accomplished. The human form of life, you're supposed to take control with your intelligence. Keep your mind and senses under control. Avoid people that are fault-finding or disrupt you from your path and your progress back to self-realization and you're supposed to control the lower self with the higher self reach to the platform of selfless devotional service and find your eternal happiness and eternal occupation on that platform enjoyment is not the goal of life write it on your hand let it be there in ink so it takes weeks to go away so that it shows you over and over and reminds you over and over. Enjoyment is not the goal of life. You've been trained by television and a society that's been trained by television. It is not the goal of life. 
and neither is fault finding. The fault finder is a fool because he's wasting his life on things that don't matter and he can't change. So you have a clue here. Avoid people that are fault finders. Avoid people that think enjoyment is the goal of life. Avoid people who don't have goals, who don't set targets, who don't achieve or control the lower self and be the opposite. Be the best person you can. Do the higher things. Continue committing yourself to being the best you can be. Find out what is your role in God's plan. It's there. We all know that. You are unique, so there is a unique position in the supreme, unlimited, cosmic plan of the Lord. And it's for you to fit into. And when you fit into that spot, it's like a screw. It's made for that machine. And when it's in the right place in that machine, everything is improved. And the screw is perfectly engaged. You are need to be perfectly engaged in the service of the Lord because you're unique. Like that screw, it just fits there. It doesn't fit anyplace else. It fits there. And the same is with you. You have a role, a position. You fit right there in the Lord's eternal plan. Find that spot. What good are you as a screw just laying on the ground with not being in the machine? The machine is the cosmic expansion of love of God, service to God, and you have a unique position and need, and the need for you is there in the machine, in the service, the plan of God. So get in tune, get harmonized, witness what you're doing. If what you're doing is crap, don't do it. If what you're doing is leading you to the realization and understanding of your eternal relationship with the Lord and how to render unique, valuable service to Him, pursue that. This will bring the happiness that you think enjoyment will bring. It won't. Service mentality, awakening to your eternal occupation, that will bring you what you're looking for. Read Bhagavad Gita as it is. It's full of information to help you solve this puzzle. It's called The Most Confidential Knowledge. There's a chapter titled The Most Confidential Knowledge, and it's written for you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.